Randomonium, take one. <laughs> what kind of audience do you think you have? What kind of fans or that we have? Listen to yeah. Well, most of the letters we get are from uh, very unhappy, uh, lonely, misunderstood, brilliant young people. Howdy, folks. This is Scott Parker, and you're listening to episode 48 of the ZappaCast. And um, this is a really special episode in a lot of ways because um, we're recording this a few days before what would have been Frank Zappa's 80th birthday, folks. And there's really no better way that I can think of to celebrate Frank's birthday than to have these gentlemen on the show. So, of course, we have... And he's he's now relocated to somewhere closer to the East Coast. Joe Travers, the Vaultmeister, ladies and gentlemen. On holiday, holiday break in, in Pennsylvania, no less. And of course, from a place in Northern California that is a lot less snowy than it is here on the East Coast, our producer, Phil Circus, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, ZappaCast listeners. And a man who introduced the uh, the phrase meat hammer into my vocabulary. And my wife is extremely appreciative of, of you for that. You're welcome. Mr. Ahmed Zappa. <laughs> how, how are you guys doing? You know, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm starting uh, to, to drink a delicious uh, juice. And hey. I'm, I'm thinking I might even pour some, some booze into it because the juice is called Happy. It's a nice pear, pineapple, ginger, mint. And I feel like if I put some rum in here, that's like a that's like a celebratory Zappacast adult beverage to go along with our wonderful conversations. Are, are you, do you guys feel like having an adult beverage before we start? I mean, am I crazy? I could. <laughs> I just shot heroin, so I'm ready to rock. Sweet. Well, but then bo- bottoms up. Bottoms up, guys. What would you name this specialized cocktail that you just invented? The Poo Dazzler. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's like one part poodle, one part sparkly, dazzly, <laughs> magic concoction. The poo dazzler. Although it does kind of sound like you're you're having um, an awkward moment in the men's room or the ladies' room when you say it's a, the poo dazzler. Oh, boy. So how's everybody doing? Everybody uh, getting ready for the holiday and all that kind of stuff? Oh man, I'll tell you, it's a, it's you know, it's a holiday extravaganza. We have zero capacity in the ICU uh, beds in LA. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Well, what we've got going on, we've been taking a bunch of listener questions. We've got a wide variety of um, questions about when is the uh, Discrete Picture Show 1974 show coming out on video, and you know, among other questions. <laughs> We've got a wide variety of that specific question. Let's 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 uh, get people excited, you know? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go, think, go into um, it. If that's the first question, we have uh, lots of plans to get into putting out some of these video concerts. Now that we have better, I mean, Joe, he, he's like the first line of defense, the vaultmeister with, with all the media in the vault. And then we, we have these discussions and we've identified a few kick-ass concert films that, that 
that we have every intention in the near future. I don't, I don't know that I would say in 2021, but one of those could happen. Uh, but shortly after that, yeah, you, you'll start seeing this. A lot of it is, it, it's it's time intensive working with an editor, putting those you know the the concert films together. And COVID has definitely not been a friend to the music community. And with the ways that we kind of normally do do things, we were all adjusting to you know what the new normal is. But from what we've seen in the raw footage and different camera angles and a lot of this stuff, it's tremendous. I think people will love it. I'm excited to get it out there. Uh, you know, Joe, when we do some Zooms, because our lives are on Zoom, Zappa Zooms, you know, there's there are times when you know Joe is happy when he does like the the slap happy, I'm not going to wear pants for this uh, moment. It's <laughs> just like, he's like, can I do it? I'm going to take my pants off. I'm going to do it. And he does like this, like, what, I don't know yeah. what that thing is that you do. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know what that, what is that like slappy shuffle thing that only drummers yeah. or people that are musically talented can do? It's my... Uh, Tweaked out uh, as a weird as possible hand bone. <laughs> yeah, the hand bone. Dealing, dealing with yeah. the excitement of the possibility of a new Frank Zappa project, which, you know, fuels me. Absolutely fuels me. Yeah. Hey, let, let's, let's get technical for a second. Is the discrete picture show an actual title by Frank Zappa, or is that a bootleg title? I think that's what people refer to it as, but... I believe that's just a boot. Uh, that's a bootleg title. Because I haven't seen that anywhere. It made you made it sound cool, though. I mean, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. What's yes. the project? Yes. So you know, obviously, they'll they'll be. It'll probably get released under a different name. Uh, who knows? But um, I have an idea. Why don't we throw it out to, uh, you know, if you can uh, if you can unwrap the riddle of the phoenix, uh, the of the sphinx, not the the sphoenix. It's a new animal, the sphoenix. <laughs> If you can, if you can unwrap the riddle of this phoenix, then, then uh, let, let me try this again. Hi guys, hey audience, hey listeners, all of you Zappacasters out there, why don't you guys come up with a good name for uh, this project if you know what we're talking about, and and uh, you know maybe we'll have some fun with it. Could be cool. Absolutely, and it can't be discrete picture show. That's cheating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Phoenix. What did, what about the Hambones Phoenix special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pants are optional. Show. It can't be Poo Dazzler either. Cannot be yep, Poo Dazzler. That's Sega. It's, tra- tra- it's trademarked. It's a new cocktail that's sweeping <laughs> just the sh- just Sherman Oaks. You can only get that cocktail in Sherman Oaks. What is the juice on it, by the way? It's called Happy, and it's organic, <laughs> and it's filled with pear, pineapple, ginger, and mint. And it says... And I know it's true because they they manufactured a bright green Dayglo sticker that says immune booster. So it must be true. So when I drink this, I'm fighting COVID. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you put a green sticker that said immune booster on anything, I would eat it and I would drink it. So like tube of Crest toothpaste, if you put a moon, I can't, I can't speak immune. It's immune. It's not immune. I can't even say immune. I'm saying it wrong. It's, everything coming out of my mouth is horrible. I have a, I, like I've said this before, I dropped out of school in the beginning of eighth grade and missed more than half a year of school each year prior to that. So I am a bona fide idiot. Get out. I am. It's true. English was never my favorite thing either. I would sit in English class and I would, I would do uh, my favorite rock band logos 
on my notebook while they're trying to teach me, you know, how to properly say sentences. And I was doing like Judas Priest logos on my notebook, you know, full on. That's how interested in English I was. Did you do the Kiss logo? Always. There is no fucking way that Joe Travers, I would guess, between the Kiss logo, the Van Halen symbol, and I'll be bummed out if you were someone who liked to draw the Rolling Stone lips over and over. But no, it I, wasn't that. But I actually was doing, I did Ted Nugent's logo. <laughs> Nugent oh, had wow. a logo. <laughs> he did. Oh, man. I was such a, <laughs> such a rock geek. When Double Live Gonzo came out, uh, the Ted Nugent album, I was probably in first grade, if it hadn't already been out by that point. And I bought it. Like My mother got it for me. <laughs> and, and I played it getting ready for school one morning when I was in first grade. It's absolutely a true story. And when Wang Dang's Sweet Poontang came on, my mother raced into the bedroom, threw open the door, ripped the needle off of the record, took the record, and broke it over the bed. Oh, <laughs> my the, God, really? It was the only time that she ever told me I couldn't play a record in the house. That's like the inspiration for so many uh, rock videos. Oh, <laughs> totally. my God. <laughs> I mean, it that just sounds like the 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 title of that song. It may as well be a weird, you know, Weird Al cut. Yeah, really. really. I I never was into the Nuge. Uh, I mean, I can appreciate his guitar playing. You know, I don't love his politics. um, Uh, you know, but I I I do. There's a part of me that if if I could make a delicious meal, I would go boar hunting with him. Do you know what I mean? If if we were gonna, if we could have like a rock and roll luau. I wouldn't. That kind of sounds appealing to me, you know. Just making sure it'd be delicious, wouldn't it? I mean, who wants who wants to use the tusk as a toothpick? Yeah, yeah. I know. Call me crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Questions, questions, questions. Questions. <laughs> We're going to start with Zappeteers. Sure. This is from Goldman T. And Goldman T would like to know how much footage is there of the two piano arrangements of orchestral pieces that we saw a snippet of in Alex Winter's movie? Is it suitable for release even as a Joe's type release with incomplete fragments? And what can they say about possible negotiations for the vault materials to be taken on by a research institution, as mentioned by Alex on his Reddit AMA? Well, two questions there. One, I actually don't know if the if the video footage you'd you'd know this better than me, probably, Joe. Yeah, that's it's very good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's complete. Thomas Nordegg shot it for Frank. So. And then there's also another camera angle that was present there uh, for um, the Steve Durgan footage. I had another question for you, because the way that's set up in the film, it's right after they talk about Valley Girl being a hit, and then he's going to go have people play um, some of his music at uh, uh, CalArts, right? Right. So maybe I'm remembering this wrong. It it just felt like that wasn't at CalArts where where it was being shot. It, It felt like it was in our in our house. No, it was definitely CalArts. So it is. So that specific moment when he was going to hear the music, I don't know how many times he went there. Uh, Was it just that one night only? Because it was one night only. And uh, in attendance at that Mm -hmm. uh, little thing that happened there was 
Thomas Nordig shooting it. Tommy Mars was there. Uh, Dweezil, Gale, and Chris Loud Chris was Loudon. there. Yeah, yeah, Hawk? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the oh, footage cool. is, is very good. And uh, so there you have that for question number one. You know what? Yeah, and we'll get into the academia of it all. But I, I do find that in the footage, stuff that wasn't used, I just feel really lucky in that the experiments musically or with, with people coming to visit the house and the conversations and and the projects that Frank was working on, the projects that you know Gail was working on, you know, we got to be a fly on the wall, but we're also invited to sit at the table if we were quiet. So like, that's a great example. I, I, I didn't see that footage of Dweezil and, and uh, Chris Loudon. So Chris Loudon for the listeners out there was one of my brother's, you know, really good friends growing up. My, my brother's five years older than me and Chris left uh, really early. He had a lot of conversations with my dad because Chris went into the military and, you know, my dad was concerned for him and, and, you know, it was a choice that Chris made that obviously we all support. We support our, our men and women uh, that fight bravely for, uh, for us. And, you know, we always stayed in touch with Chris. And when he, when he actually came out of the military, he, he was one of the first people that uh, protected, you know, was our security detail going out on the road uh, with you, Joe and Dweezil and I, when we were playing in Z. So it's, it's this really awesome friendship. And I sometimes talk with Chris about, you know, his, his, him remembering Frank and the conversations that they had that were, uh, you know, about becoming a man. And uh, so uh, just sweet memory for you to even invoke his name. I got to, yes. after I do this Zappacast, I'm going to have to give him a call. So I just wanted to say that anecdotally. And then in terms of the academia of, of Frank's music and the materials in there, you know, I think that was a desire of Gail's. Uh, we, we talked with a few schools. We, we've approached a few schools. Other institutions have approached us. And it's kind of complicated to, to put it together. And the simplest way of doing that is where we, we want this to be a living, breathing. Uh, Frank should be studied. I want his work to be studied. It is definitely our intention and our goal. And we'll get there. But there's, there's really freaky things that you can do freaking a good way with machine learning. You can feed video and photos. And, you know, I actually think that there'll be a moment, which is because there's so many interviews of Frank that, you know, th there might be this weird thing. That's not too far away where you could ask Frank, Hey Frank, you know, why did you do X, Y, or Z? And if you have inputted the, the data on the subject matter, uh, because there's so much audio of Frank, you can approximate his voice. You can approximate, you can do a lot of really fucking weird things. So uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's, it's like me trying to practice some digital version of galvanism and resurrecting my, you know, Frank, so I can have conversations with him, but holy shit, that's possible. I would see the, these kinds of weird science briefs and examples on the internet of, of how they're, you know, using machine learning for audio and, and face replacements and all this kind of crazy stuff, uh, which is exciting to me. Um, but yeah, maybe in the future you'll be able to just say, hey, you want to zoom with Frank, just do a zap a zoom and, you know, ask Frank a question and it can bring up the information and call me crazy. That's what I would wish to have happen for Frank. If other people think that's a good idea. I'm I'm with you on that one. That that is definitely uh, something I would be interested in doing. I ha had the uh, opportunity. I met Frank once at a book signing, and then I had the opportunity to talk to him once on the phone 
around 1991 when Jerry Fialka let me know that he was going to be answering the phones at Pumpkin one day. And I called at the given time, and he actually did answer. So had a very short but pleasant conversation with him. So that was very cool. You know, now that the doc's been out, a ton of people have reached out. And I find it interesting the things that people share with me uh, uh, of what they what they gleamed from the film. <laughs> One of the things that's like really crystal clear to me when I when I watch the film and like Bunk Gardner's, you know, talking about how maybe he shook his hand once, you know, and and Frank definitely was a taskmaster. There's very contradictory things about him that are discussed in the film, but I can honestly tell you he was the most huggy bear guy <laughs> you know yeah. like when he talks about like i have no friends and like my family's my friends frank had friends but he was definitely someone that was very engaged uh with you and so i like i watched those elements where it's real those people had those real experiences but i can tell you that those weren't my experiences and i saw plenty of other people where frank was you know comedy was the currency uh, it's all about laughing and having a good time and he was really emotional too. He, he would, he would embrace us as kids, give us hugs and, you know, but in his own macho Italian kind of a way. So I, I watched, I watched that film and I'm like, you know what? It just, it just kind of goes to, um, uh, and I'm saying this generally, I'm not trying to single anyone out. Like some people must've been a tough hang, you know, for him. <laughs> so like they just weren't his person, his cup of tea where other people were like, they're, you know, and that's natural. That's, that's, that happens in life with everybody. Next question is from Father Oblivion. What film slash video footage was saved but didn't find a place in the movie, and what is it? Oh, well. <laughs> Father Oblivion, that is way too challenging, and there is not a, a list long enough to... Tons of things didn't make it into the movie. The best way to answer that is Alex Winter had a very specific vision uh, for how he wanted to you know, organize the the elements he needed to tell his story about Frank. And that's what he was mining for. And you, you know, you don't know what's on the tapes until you kind of go through them. I mean, there's tons of stuff. There's literally fucking a, a gajillion hours of awesomeness and strange ephemera and, and things that uh, again, for the, the fan base that, that stepped up and helped us preserve all the media uh, the other way of answering Father Oblivion's question is you'll just have to wait and see. You'll see the stuff that wasn't used because it'll come out. Absolutely. And there are some nice extras uh, planned for the, uh, you know, the the Blu-ray DVD physical uh, release of the movie. So a little bit here and there will we'll, we'll find its way. Yeah, Joe, Joe, not, it's a spoiler alert here. Joe takes forceps and he he was able to I think dilate his his sphincter to about eight centimeters, and we project a bunch of uh, uh, odds and ends that didn't make it into the film. So, and then we recorded projecting in his anal cavity the 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 raw footage. It's it's just like a it's an artistic piece for the DVD extras. Um, and and I just I'm and really once again you bring yeah. it right back to Poo yeah. Dazzler. Yeah, I just have to say, it was not my idea. Joe is like, I think this would be really, first of all, I, I feel like now would be a good time to do this. I've always wanted to do this. 
and, artistic and look, piece. <laughs> it's an artistic <laughs> piece. It's performance uh, art, Joe. It's it performance is. art. I want to sneak a question in. Amit, I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if the movie has uh, affected your memory of your father. Like, in a way, is it affirming or did you watch it and go like, I think about him kind of differently now, or I didn't know that. And the reason I'm asking yeah. is just because uh, sometimes when, sure, for me, when a parent passes, you kind of think of their life as a whole rather than like a mom or a dad. Are you talking from the point of view of a serial killer? Because, I mean, how many parents <laughs> did you have in your mind? I, I had two. Okay. And they're both gone. Yeah, me, me too. And, I lost. I'm an orphan. Left, I'm an I orphan. I started to think of them as a whole person. Um. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do relate to that in, in, um, you know, I gotta have a morbid sense of humor in how I deal with the pain, but, uh, yeah, it's, it is lots, lots of things that have happened since, you know, my mother passed and been dealing with the loss of Frank since he passed, you know, there's, you know, it's a unique situation to, uh, it's a blessing and and it's it's also bittersweet in 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 that we have so much media with Frank. So the stuff I and I've said this before, anytime I can see him laugh um and having a good time, I I just savor those moments cuz it's makes me feel good. You know, that's that's the laugh I remember, that's the comedy I remember. Um I always wanted to make him laugh. Uh so I I like those moments. And and media in the vault, Joe will send me things too that they could just be audio of Frank taking a microphone right. and following the kids around. And I go right back. I know exactly where he's walking. There's no visual aid. I know exactly where he is in the house. I know the sound of the room, um, mm. you know, the footsteps through the hall, which is a trip because you, you, you don't think you would know those things, but it just comes right back. Um, so I had a lot of those experiences, but to your point about the the film, the things I didn't know, or didn't want to know, I was brave enough to ask certain things. You know, when my mother was really sick, Scott came over to the house, Scott Tunis. And I, I think I've mentioned this. I'm like, okay, Scott, how many times did Frank, you know, maybe, maybe, it, you know, cheat on Gail five times. And he was like, what? I was like, six times. <laughs> it's like, he's like looking at me like I'm crazy. Right. And I'm like, like three times I'm like, cause in my head, I was like, you know, I never saw any of that. Right. And he's like, Oh no. And then, and then to, to know that, that, uh, from his point of view and to deal with that kind of reality, uh, it's, it was hard to hear. It's a tough conversation. You know, I, d- I knew I wouldn't have my mother around, but I just want to know her point of view. Cause when you're yeah. in a relationship, when you're married, like I am and, and a dad, you know, those are choices I wouldn't make in my relationship, but those were, those were decisions that Gail and Frank made and they had their way of having their relationship and, you know, their ups and downs. So that was kind of ground shaking, foundation shaking for me in, in the reality of that. And then watching in the film where he's talking about strapping on some groupies and, you know, getting the, getting the clap. Uh, I mean, like, I hate that. I, I think that was, that's fucked up. I don't like that as a dad or as, as a husband. So, yeah, you know, I don't share those, those same values. Once in a while, 
What have we got here? We've got from B Jenkins one. After digitizing all the footage from the vault, do you plan to release any full videotape shows like the 74 show that has been released or Yellow Shark or We Don't Mess Around? I, those we kind of answered that before. Those can those can come out theoretically. Yeah, but those those would be great. Those are all great questions. And the answer is, yes, they'll yep. come out soon ish that, you know, you can't put them all out in one year. That's the other thing, too, is we do listen to our audience. You know, we try to uh, on our boards and comments and, you know, even through uh, the, all the stuff I get where people just hate my guts. I, you know, it comes across my desk um, and, I, you know, I look at all those things and. Well, I'll just say on the positive tip, you can't do too many projects in a year. There's just not enough time in the day to organize it. But I love the questions and I love that there's people who want to, you know, see it. So yeah, we have huge plans for more video content. I mean, I have those, had those conversations with our partners at Universal because there's great innovations with COVID actually in how people can get content and interact with the content. And I'm always looking at those things. So yes to it all is my, is my vibe. Um, this is from Buckalos or Buckalos from Zabateers. In addition to what, whatever new video projects might be in the pipeline, the Thomas Nordeg 1982 videos, 74 discreet TV special, et cetera. Should we anticipate either seeing or ever seeing DVD and or Blu-ray reissues of some of the older honker home videos like the amazing Mr. Bickford True story of 200 motels, video from hell, and Uncle Meat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the short version. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll just say, as a it's sort of larger follow-up to that, after the doc came out, and just because of the time or production on other forms of media, there are, there are, there's a greater appetite to have video, audio content in the, in the marketplace, and music um, docs and music concerts and you know so where normally that's that's hard believe it or not that it's a it's a category that that not a lot of people are you know dive into you know like i love it i you know there's an app like if, if anyone's familiar with it called quello or, or something where where it's just curated concerts and you know that's my jam sometimes i'll just go on there and rock it all out but there's more there's there's a greater interest in Frank because of the doc, which I'm really excited about, and greater interest in his concert films and some of these other things. So we're able to have conversations because you know there has to be budget to be able to make these things. The, the, that's the sort of hard work. It takes time to you know get the resources to put these things together. and you know we're we're a small organization um, at the end of the day. so. Here's an interesting one, and I don't know how how deep we want to get into this one, but and I've had there's a few of these uh, there's a few people who have asked this very same question: Are we ever going to see another 1988 tour album or the Texas Motel medley on its own? How about at least the '88 arrangement of Packard Goose? Well, the answer is yes. There will be. 88 excursions released, but uh, you know I can't give away too many details right now. But um, uh, you know they can hear you, right? Tell, Scott, tell them what what <laughs> what Joe is saying right now. Go keep going, Joe. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. Don't don't go too far On away because <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
There, there will be on the next yeah. episode of Inside yeah. Frank Zappa's <laughs> Vault. Let's see. This is from Javier Marcote, who I believe Joe knows also. I do. He's a he's a great resource. He's he's a super fan. Knows a lot of stuff. This guy. How long is the extra footage of the coming DVD for the backers, and what is its content? Some audiences have seen twelve minutes of unreleased and unseen footage. The Roxy Backstage 73 and the uh, Discreet Special 74. Any chance for those to be included on the DVD as a bonus or Blu-ray? No, but there's other things that will be. But yeah, I mean, obviously, these are a lot of video questions, Amit. And it seems to me that, you know, the market is ready for more Zappa video, unseen video. I just don't want to... Put them through uh, you know. your flights of fancy where you, you have to project project the content into yourself, which is again weird <laughs> that on the on the is it on the Kickstarter backers DVD where the, where the extra footage is it's projected in, inside your cavity? Is that is sphincter the, vision? Yeah. Let's see here. It's more from Javier. How long is the footage not seen in the movie from the mothers and the GTOs at the whiskey in 68? Not much more than what you see. That's it? Yep. Okay. The mothers at the cheetah club. In 68. There is some decent footage of that, but it's not really that long. And the real super bummer about the Cheetah audio is that you can't hear the vocals. So the only things that's really releasable from the Cheetah audio is instrumental stuff. Uh, so that's that was sad because I was really hoping that uh, the Cheetah could be part of like some kind of like mother's box set or something. But unfortunately, the it would be just little bits and pieces because can't hear the vocals, sadly. Uh, forgive my ignorance, Joe. Is that in L.A.? The yes, Club? it was. Yes, it was one of the famous clubs in the late '60s. Where was it? That that's what, like where geographically? What part of the city was it? Do you know, you know, I think, I think it was like Santa Monica Boulevard. That's what I remember. But you know, Alice Cooper recorded. Uh, there and one song ended up on their first album. It was recorded as a cheetah, Levity Ball. Yeah, it's it was a huge warehouse type place too. It was really big. But yeah, if we Google that thing, you'll find out exactly where that thing was located. One Navy Street, Venice, formerly the Aragon Ballroom. Ah, oh, that was the Aragon Ballroom. Interesting. There you go. Here's one from Giacco. Thank you for taking the time to put the podcast together. You're welcome, Giacco. Is there any chance of a Mothers of Invention compilation a la Mothers 1970 featuring the making of Burnt Weenie Sandwich, Weasels Rip My Flesh, and spare live tracks from, say, The Whiskey? I'm obsessed with the Mothers, right? Just just, just generally. So I think you'll we're going to try to do some uh, things that really highlight the moments, those moments where... You know, they they were operating under that moniker, you know, 
I, I just, I love that name. The mother's mother's convention, you know, I, I love the mother's box that we just put out. I, I was really excited about that. And I think people dug it. So, you know, if they'll, if they'll bear with us to answer your question, Scott, maybe we'll just keep, um, you know, giving them more of the mother's peanut butter. <laughs> Let it stick to the roof of your mouth. That's right. That's right, baby. From Rich Ast 2. I do, well, I don't know if we can answer this. I donated to the Kickstarter. Is it too late to increase my donation to the level where I can get the Blu-ray? That's Alex Witter's stuff. That's yeah. Alex's stuff. Yep. Let's see. Bobby M. would like to know what's planned for 2021. Stay tuned and find out, folks. There, we, we, we have lots coming out in, in uh, 2021. We just, we just had a big um, production meeting. And we're working with NASA right now. Um, they're, they're harnessing the, the power of the sun to resurrect dinosaurs. And at the same time, they thought it'd be a great idea to use the gene code trapped inside Frank's music. Um, so if, if you can understand what I'm saying, then, then there's something wrong with you because <laughs> I'm not making any sense. And I'm not telling you jack shit about what's coming out in 2021. You're just going to have to wait and see, <laughs> but, but, but we are logged and loaded. <laughs> We, but could you give us a hint? Some, it has music in it. Nice. <laughs> and, nice. and Frank, Frank <laughs> yeah. plays it. No, we have like a, I don't think it's a big mystery. We're, we're going to, we'd love to be able to celebrate 200 motels. That's a no brainer, right? That's 50th anniversary. You know, uh, if we can pull something off there, we're going to try to do something cool. Uh, Cause we have some fucking awesomeness. Yes. Awesomeness there. That movie was so important to me. That whole experience. I remember seeing that with Frank. Be like, wow, he fucking made a movie. And who are all these people in the audience? And so that has, a, again, a super special place in my heart. And I ran into, when I was working at Disney, I used to work there for like six years. And uh, <laughs> I ran into Ringo <laughs> Starr uh, in a meeting. I was like, dude, what is up? <laughs> we had a quick, like, really fun chat about... 200 motels and he had nice things to say about Frank. And, you know, I remember how much Frank loved him and, you know, it's, I just, I just fucking love that movie, but there's great. I, I don't, I don't think I need to tell anyone, you don't, the things you don't already know. What a great uh, moment in time, great music. And boy, do we have some tricks up our sleeves for yes. that one. Should it, should it work out the way that we want? Let's be hopeful. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to give it away. I mean, uh, by the way, whenever we try to do a release and and keep it a secret, it's 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 always somebody in Germany that like, that, like scoops it. It's like some. It, it's not our fuck up. It's either someone with our distribution partners who are like, "Yep, this is what we're doing." So like you're, you're you know, I, I don't mind sharing a little secret here or there, but you know, God damn it, do we get all pissed off? We th that's the other thing I don't want us to be stressed. Joe gets really stressed out about that. Who the, you know, <laughs> can you believe these motherfuckers? And it's always five days before the release comes out. And it, it does suck. Like you cannot, we, there's nothing we can do about it. I know. I'm so used to, you know, when Gail, Gail would just be like, you know, lock and key. And I would just be like right behind her going, yeah, yeah, fuck that shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the goal is to, to make it feel exciting. I mean, that's part of the fun for us. It's like, okay, we're going to launch and we want people to find out. So it does kind of take the steam out when, you know, you have somebody who doesn't care like we care for ruining it for us. Right. But then again, you know, it does end up, uh, creating a buzz, right? 
It creates mm-hmm. a buzz. People get excited, and uh, you know it's good. I've got I've got one here from Kyle Forstoff. Does Joe have any knowledge of why Ed Man did not tour in 1980 and 1984? I don't think anybody's ever asked this question. No knowledge. Yeah, I have no knowledge. No, you have to ask him. Yeah, I have literally no idea either. I bet I, if you have him on the show, I bet he would. Bet he would answer. Probably. I'd like to have Ed on the show. We've talked about it in the past. He's fun. Uh, let's see. From Barry Rats, R A A T Z. I love everything Frank did with the good captain. Can we expect any previously unknown Zappa Beefheart tapes to be unearthed? What's a cooler way of saying yes, Joe? Come up with one. Uh, poultry. <laughs> Mr. Katz. Poultry. That's right. We, I think we <laughs> talked about this maybe on, 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 on this show. I can't remember. But when we were, when we were organizing the Bizarre World, uh, Frank Zappa, we were, we were looking at doing maybe some, something with uh, a Beefheart track. And I called Joe. Like, do we ha- do we have anything? And and Joe's first answer is always no. By the way, anytime Joe says like, yeah, we don't have that, the chances are he's just hasn't found it yet. I, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I wish like, that was true yeah. about the Hendrix. Yeah, Hendrix well, it, it'll oh. it'll show up. But I believe I believe. But I um, in this particular you know scenario, uh, I asked Joe. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'll look around. And he, and he calls me like so excited. I'm like, what's going on? Like. You know, did you run someone over? Did you eat a homeless person? Like what? <laughs> like why? Like I, I've never heard this amount of energy coming off of Joe Travers. And then he proceeded to play me something that, you know, made our hair stand up on our arms because we were talking about doing something for, you know, this one of the moments that we use holographic projection um, in the show. And it's Frank and Beefheart singing on a track we'd we'd never heard and frank's like vamping in the back is like we do want to see a hologram one two three so we're like what the fuck it was just it there was like all these god winks that my wife likes to say like these moments that where the synchronicity of that it's too fucking crazy to be working to find something so specific and then to have uh frank show up with like here it is which happens a lot, actually. Which you know, it's 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 bizarre. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when I when I when I found that, and I heard Frank say that. I just I called Ahmed immediately. I was like, "You are not gonna freaking believe this shit." Are there any full shows from the Bongo Fury tour that are intact? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, the um, the Tapes are lackluster. Uh, see, they're they're is, not unbelievably recorded I ha- I, well. I have to tell you. See, this is bullshit. Because there's there's like a standard. There's a filing system <laughs> in Joe's head, right? <laughs> and and so he says that. And then I'm like, oh, well, Joe, let's just listen to it. And he's like, it's sweetness. <laughs> you know, like then, and then he just like turns no, yeah. it around. I wish yeah. that the quality was a little bit better. But obviously, they're listenable. And for the hardcore people, yes. They're, but yeah. but but on the on the whole... Uh, they're not amazing, but they're they're good, you know. And uh, the good news is is that the um, the armadillo show that Bongo Fury came from. There's a lot of extra stuff from those shows that um, sound great because they were recorded on 24 track tape. So that's great. Or 16. That's the fun stuff of doing the these completest box sets and experiences. 
And that's been something Joe and I've been talking about forever. Cause I, you know, no one loves Beefheart more than me. I fucking love that guy. I, I, yeah. I, you know, he would call the house and his voice, you know, later on, <laughs> I've, I've said this story before, but I am still say it again. You know, so I pick up the phone and it's, you know, it's the captain. <laughs> and he's like, hello. Like, hello. Is Gail there? I'm like, um, no, Gail's not here. What can I what can I do for you, Don? I was just calling to say I put a platypus in a briefcase. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'll get right on that. So I put a platypus in in a briefcase. So I love that that experience so much that uh the little you know geek knowledge i wrote this book called because i'm your dad and there is a page specifically it's my secret shout out to that experience there's a platypus holding a briefcase uh, in in one of the panels in the book in the in the artwork but i mean is there anyone cooler than don nope nope uh my friend mr skogstad um asked the uh golden question Will Lather be released as a box set, a vinyl box set? Gosh, I hope so. There's no reason why it wouldn't be. Everything's doable. A lot of the good news for, for vinyl heads is that there's just more demand for it, which is so awesome. I think that uh, when it comes to the vinyl reissues, we have really raised the bar. We really, really keep it super high quality. And, uh, you know, we, we use the best guys. We use the best pressing plants. And uh, obviously the content is amazing. So I'm just thrilled that Universal is on our side and feels the same way because it's so great to be able to continue to do these vinyl reissues. And Lather absolutely needs to come out. Absolutely. You know who I, I spoke to? He reached out because he, he saw the doc and, you know, he would come to the house a lot when Frank was sick, but Al Santos. Yeah, that was, that was the road manager. Yeah. And, but he, he told me his whole story of working with Frank and um, he's got, you know, great stories. And I was like, Al, forgive me. Cause you know, again, I'm, I'm, even though I'm five years in or close to six years in on, on working on the subject matter, it, you know, that this business was never, this is not my, my focus. And I go, have you ever written any liner notes or do you ever want to do that? And this is someone who was really, you know, Frank and Al were, were close. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when, when Frank was sick, we would have the margarita nights and Al was always there and holding court, just a, a, a love bug of a guy. So I, I just had this wonderful, just a couple of days ago, chat with him. So some of the material that you're that you're referencing, Al was there and has a really unique point of view. So it would be fun to get him on some of the liner notes and get him in, get him involved. And he was he was into it. Oh, totally. You know, that's the '82 band, the '81 and the '82 yeah. band. You know, John Good obviously was the drum tech, and Al uh, John was you know basically working for Al. You know, all those guys. It's in Nordag and everybody. I mean, you know, it was a fucking unbelievable motley crew of people yeah uh somebody asked and i'll i'll get 
to the name, but uh, but it was a good question. What are Ama and Joe's memories of their time in Z, working together in Z? Ah, I when I think about that time, the first thought that comes to my mind for Joe is we were in Paris and he he was homesick or something. I, this was when I discovered truly what an animal lover Joe is. He he was <laughs> with his he was like. His nose was so stuffed up. <laughs> He's like, there's a dog. I'm going to go pet it. <laughs> and he just disappeared. Just to yeah. pet some rando's dog on the streets of Paris. I was like, all right. Yeah. That was before I ever got bit by a dog. So I had no fear about dogs at all. It was also your first time in, in Paris too, right? Oh, yeah. It was my first time doing everything. First time Indian food. Yeah. First time in London. First time everything. Uh, first time eating glass when I was having chocolate mousse. Oh yeah, the chocolate mousse that was fucking crazy balls. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I just kept taking it out of my mouth, thinking, "Oh man, this is like not supposed Crunchy. to be there." And then I rolled it in my fingers, and it cut my finger, and oh, that geez. I was literally eating it. <laughs> yeah, Holy yeah, shit. good job. That was the the bowl. The bowl that the chocolate mousse came in was cracked, and I, of course, had no idea. Yeah. So I was going for it. It was good but I mean, <laughs> unbelievable memories for me with that tour. I mean, I have really, I have, I don't have many memories. I don't remember playing those shows. It's so, it's so weird. I, I remember just the, the traveling, you know what I mean? Like being in the city and doing fun things. But yeah. I, I don't remember the, the, the music and, and the places we played. I mean, I remember Paris cause I have, like, I have really strong connections there. Um, you know, of, like extended family. That's how I view them, at least. Um, and I would go to Paris a lot. And Olivier, remember Olivier? Who, yes. Who, who music for Nations, who was taking care of us? Yes. Uh, were you at the cake party? Uh, I don't think so. So we had, we. so Olivier was, um, uh, again, he he was, he worked for the, the label that was distributing the record over there. And he would throw these cake parties that are actually pretty legendary. And I think they still happen. So, I mean, I like cake and we didn't have a place where we were staying to bake one, but he's like, you can't come unless you have made a cake. So my brother and I <laughs> go to the market and we buy like two bunt cakes or something um, and a ton of Nutella and some goose liver pate. And we covered <laughs> the bottom bunt cake uh, completely in Nutella and then a thick layer of goose liver pate on top of the Nutella and put the other bun cake on top and then hid all the hid the fact that the goose liver pate was in the middle and we just presented it as an, as a Nutella cake okay mm. and this shit was the hit of the party which is disgusting you know yeah. but uh yeah that was that's a that's a memory i i still have of of wow being in z i honestly i feel like my world was just Dweezil and I hanging out for the most part because we shared a room. So a lot of that was kind of felt just kind of normal. You know, it was like we would see each other at the house, you know, because we still lived at home at that same, at that time. So anyways, like, you know, that experience for me was safe, you know, in, in, in my, you know, my, my, as a, me and my brother, but it was probably different for, for you guys. I remember gig, certain gigs on that tour. I mean, I obviously remember, and I know you remember this because we have footage of it, but the Dynamo Festival, which was the first thing we did. 
And I remember our opening act on a lot of gigs. Uh, we were on a double bill with um, the White Lion, uh, Freak yeah. of Nature. Freak, of, Freak Nature. of Nature was the band, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember the first gig that we did in Holland. Uh, and I also remember, do you remember the one gig where the, the fucking air conditioning went down in that club we played and it was ungodly hot and we all won, we all wore the uh, Z anus shorts that we were selling at merch? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, no we, had purple, we had purple Z shorts on one leg it had the Z logo embroidered and on the other leg it said anus. And we yeah. all wore those because we were all short shirtless because it was so ungodly hot for the entire show. It was just incredible. I, I feel like this didn't happen. Honestly, I, so, like this feels like, like you're so wrong, no. but, but I'm going to go with you on this. I don't, I don't fucking remember that at all. I don't remember us ever making Z anus shorts, uh, but you know that there's there. Oh my God. Here it is on YouTube. A I'm Z kidding. anus short. I'm yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I remember having my my beanies that I that I liked. I also think I wore like a fucking cat in a hat hat, or maybe I was past yeah, that at that point. I remember that. You know? I totally um, remember oof. that. Oof! You were wearing Frank's clothes, Amit. You had Amit. Yeah. You had Frank's shirts with you. Yeah, and- can't fit in those now. Plus they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Plus they're gone. Yeah. Well. I would like to take this moment to end the Zapcast uh, by maybe singing "Happy Birthday" to Frank. What do you guys think? I'm in. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you, Frank. Frank. Happy birthday, Frank. birthday to, to you, Frank. Frank. Congratulations on turning 80. <coughs> ZappaCast, the official Frank Zappa podcast, is made in cooperation with the Zappa Trust. For everything Frank Zappa, including this show, visit Zappa.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at, at Zappa. ZappaCast was created by and it's hosted by Scott Parker. Our producer is Phil Circus. Special thanks to everyone at the Zappa Trust and Zappa.com. This podcast and all the musical selections contained therein are copyrighted worldwide by the Zappa Trust. All rights reserved. And until next time. Good night, boys and girls. Alan, Frank. Hey, the deer slayer. Oh, yes, Frank. Can I get you an order for venison tonight? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the best thing about venison is if you mix it up with regular hamburger, it's really great on a barbecue. We call that the Ted Nugent Whackmaster Helper. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, Frank. um, You are a breath of fresh air from the Gomer Zone of California, even (laughs) acknowledging that venison is palatable. Thank you very much. You know, the... I like the way venison tastes, but I'm always concerned that, you know, uh, since it comes from the wild, that it might have parasites in it.